just like a tear to go and blur out everything. Ain't it just like glass to fall and break so easily? Ain't it just like love to leave a mark on the skin and underneath? Yeah, when the pain goes and shadows everything. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca on the My Joy Radio app and iTunes or Google Play. Across the GTA on AM 1250, Joy Radio. We're all over the place. You can't get rid of us. You're not getting rid of us that easily. No way. It's time for our Journey to the Shack segment. During the month of February, the month of love, we have been speaking with those whose lives have been deeply and profoundly impacted by the international best-selling book, The Shack. In my opinion, it's one of the best love stories I've ever read. Coming to a theater near you on March 3rd is the major motion picture, The Shack, starring Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer and uh, Sam Worthington. And uh, I just had the privilege of seeing it on Thursday at the E1 uh, offices, corporate offices down here in Toronto. And it was a, you know what, honestly, the last time I sat in a movie theater and, and wept this bad was during Mel Gibson's and The Passion of the Christ. Right. Uh, that just really rattled me. Although, the, here's the weird thing, right? So I get all rattled and feeling inspired by the Passion of the Christ. And then I'm leaving the parking lot of this big place. It was a big, huge church that they showed it for all the preachers and stuff. And some moron cut me off in the parking lot. Boy, my attitude changed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. We're so fickle. As... You wanted to give them 40 lashes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So uh, here's today's journey to the shack. Pastor Jones is on the line with us, and um, he was asked by his daughter back uh, in May 1st, 2004, 28-year-old Alicia, to help her move apartments that day. But, you know, as as someone who has been a pastor himself, uh, I know that sometimes you can't get out of things. And there's a lot of night activities uh, when you're a pastor at the church, a lot of seminars and conferences. Because everybody's at work, and so you've got to do it after, after work. So I wonder, you know, if what impact we're having on our kids by by being pastors, uh, be, being so involved in other other people's lives. I've often thought that myself, and of course, Pastor Jones certainly had a lot to process because he had no idea that a man that his church had invited into their midst would end up being the cause of of his great sadness while while he was at church, no less. And uh, to talk us through this horrific situation with an enormous amount of light at the end of the tunnel is Pastor Jones. Sir, uh, you are in Michigan, I believe. Is that right? We're in uh, Flint, Michigan. Need a lot of prayer here. Oh, yeah. You got that water thing going on down there. <laughs> what, what, hey, do you, what do you mean the water thing? What's that? The lead in the water, the whole big... Oh. Do you guys have water problems? Oh, major, major. It's, it's major. Like... The president even came to town. It's so major. Which which president? Uh, our ex president, yes. Yeah, I don't know if the other one come visit you. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to take about uh, eight hundred million to straighten it out. Wow. Yeah, lead and just the water is basically poison. Well, how through the auto All industry of, or something? Bad well, pipes, old old you know stuff. So infrastructure issues. Yeah. Man. Yes. Well, and we changed, we changed the water system. The governor changed the water system uh, from 
Detroit to, to the Flint River. Hmm. And Flint River water was not good. And so it caused poison and lead poisoning in the water. And by the time we changed it back, children were sick and uh, people had died. Wow. Wow. Well, you certainly do not need any more bad news in your life. There's been so much tragedy in your life, you should be writing country music songs. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I like country music. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I have had a couple of very lovely conversations, Pastor Jones, and uh, let's give everyone a little context here, not to set, not to get too personal, but... You're a man of your of your seventies, are you not? I'm sixty eight, be sixty nine, the twenty fourth in this love month. Yes. Well, I've just insulted you now by calling you older than you really are. No, uh, it's no problem at all. Okay. How many children do you have? How many children have you had? I had presently nine. I have seven. Okay. And um, how many grandchildren? Twenty five. Good night. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> we have a lot of fun and a lot of joy good. with that. Mm -hmm. And tell us about the love of your life. Tell us about that woman that's sitting right beside you right now. <laughs> oh, what a woman. She's uh, the joy of my life. She's, uh, she's an epitome of a, uh, a woman who loves her children unconditionally. Hmm. Uh, her dad used to tell her mother, that that's them children gonna keep you out of heaven <laughs> and, and my wife is similar uh to to that uh, those children are never wrong so mm. they have a loving mother and i love that Good. i never have to worry about uh my children with the lack of love mrs jones uh thank you for joining us today yes glad to hear from you glad to be a part your hearts have suffered enough you don't need any more we're we're going to talk through this and you know unfortunately because it's radio there's all this time limit stuff because i could talk to you folks forever um but we've got to kind of move through this and because i you know i'm not afraid of the darkness as a matter of fact i tend to spend too much time staring at it but i want to get to the light in your story and how and what happened you know how you got a little release from all this guilt that's been going on. And, and Pastor Jones, maybe you could just cut to the chase and take us right to May 1st, please. What happened on that day for you? That particular day, uh, I was I call myself doing the uh, work of the Lord. And uh, we, we as pastors all time uh, feel is a little guilty about the time we spend with our children opposed to the time we spend with the church. Hmm. But I told my daughter, that I, we would help her. And so, make a long story short, uh, we were given a phone call and to come to the apartment where she was moving. And when we got there, I looked at the police officer in the, and I had my wife in my arms and I asked him, is she okay? And he told me no. I says, can she be healed? And he said no. And we just dropped to our knees at that time and. We just held each other. Uh, that was the loneliest time of my life. And I felt right then the guilt began to kill me because of the question she asked us to help her. And at that time, we were doing church work 
and were not able to help her. Hmm. And that's all that rang through my head is that I wasn't there for her. And I've always tried to be there for my children. If you had been there, if you had helped her move, she would be alive? I think so. I, I think that if it had been the providence of us to be there, we would have been there. Uh, but because uh, we, we would have spent that day with her moving. Mm -hmm. Or we would have came back from the other apartment in time enough to stop all that was going on. How, how much does your guilt and regret tie into the fact that you and your church welcomed this guy into your midst? It was so amazing how we invited him in, we stood him up, uh, he told us he didn't have a mother or father in town or no one, no kinfolk, and I had the entire church hug him and embrace him, love on him, and told him that if he becomes the kind of man that she would want him to be, we would help him get her back. So we wanted to mend their relationship. Yeah, now hold on, get, get who back? The girl that he was chasing at our church that night. He came there, and he was stalking her, and she was afraid to come in church, and we told him to, we told her to, I told her to come on in, and I told him to come to my office. That's when I talked to him. That's when he cried to me. That's when I put him in my arms, and that's when I took him into the church, and we received his right hand of fellowship, and I became his father that night. Okay. And that Friday is when all of this took place. That was a Wednesday night. And this Friday is when all of that, he came by looking for the girl that was staying with my daughter. And the girl was not there. But my daughter was there moving. Right. And uh, different ones heard different things uh, during the course of the time she was there. They heard a little noise, but they didn't know what it was. So I can imagine the little, the very little I know about your daughter, Alicia, that she may have said something to this fella like, you need to go away. You need to stop bugging her. That is exactly who she is. She's a very protective and, and a very uh, strong, strong-willed person. She can take care of herself, hmm. but not against this big, brawny man. Sure, sure. Uh... I have said this too many times on my show. Uh, people that have heard me say this numerous times are going to roll their eyes, and Tim already knows where I'm going with this. But I have this unspoken deal with God. It's not really a deal. God, God's the dealer. Uh, he, he makes his own, uh, own choices and stuff. But my deal is this. I'll continue to pursue you and try to find out about you and try to lean into you, God. But I'm telling you, the day that you know, you let something screwy happen to one of my kids like this, you and I are done. You know, uh, I've, I've, I've uh, tread across those waters. But listen, I had an undeniable experience with God. I had a, re a, 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 a relationship with God that filled me with his spirit. And no matter how I got to the point where my intimacy was lost. My knowledge of him and who he is was never lost. I just lost my intimacy. 
I was in a dark spot. I didn't know how to pray about it. I went through the form and the fashion. I went through an area that I acted as though that I was doing the things that I needed to do, but I was yet broken. But with that undeniable experience, I never let God go. I just didn't have that intimacy that I needed. And I tell you, watching that that movie and it unraveled some things inside of me and it made me process everything that had taken place and I began to see the light of day again and as I began to do that I was I looked back at my wife in the midst of the darkness of the movie and I've seen her processing some things as well. And I tell you, without God and able to sort things out. And when I seen that him have that accident, uh, uh, the Jeep accident that I, I even read about it even more and how he was able to sort things out. Sometimes we just need a Job experience. I, I, I kind of had that experience where it looked like everything was taken away. But then when I got to this experience with a Job by receiving everything back, the light, when the light came on, I still have the hurt. But my, my pain is different. It's, it's lighter. I want to ask, do you mind, Mrs. Jones, can I ask you a question, please? Yes, sure. Uh, I have been told by many people in this sort of a situation, when, when a couple loses a child, it has a huge impact on the marriage, and most, most statistically, marriages apparently don't survive. Can you understand that? Well, our family is such a close family. We've learned to be close. we I learned that from my own from upbringing, that you stay together. My children know that we stay together. And the knowledge, like my husband was saying, that we have of God, we know that together we stand and divided we fall. So we put it up on ourselves to just find strength in each other. My husband and I, we, we didn't fall out. We, we, we didn't have any of those problems because of God. We just needed to be, we didn't know we needed this guidance, but when this guidance to this movie came, the shack, when it came, it put us higher and it gave us a closeness in our family and each other. It just d directed us out of that pain. Well, I think one of the reasons that this, sort of detrimental effect happens on couples after they lose a child is because no one person grieves the same as another and you would grieve differently at different times and there were sometimes there might even be a little bit of finger pointing and especially in a scenario like this you know you may you may not ever verbalize it mrs jones but part of your soul may may have one at one point looked at your husband and said, why didn't you just agree to help her on the day she wanted to be moved? 
Well, you know, I ask everybody, you know, I said to some, we should have been over there. We should have been there. But see what we don't understand. Some folks don't understand that God sees all and knows all. And we put our children back in, in his hands. And even though my child went through that torment, so much more things that you don't, that we, he didn't share that happened to her just because she was going through that. Somebody said in the courtroom, a lady that testified, she said she heard her in her apartment screaming, but she thought she was having church and she thought she was just praising God because she know that she came from that kind of home and that she go, went to church. So I couldn't really blame, I got a message through that, that the time that she was spent going through this, God was watching her, he was seeing it all, and maybe he was giving her a chance and a time to get some things right, to do, say some things, or to, to feel some things like call on us, call on him, or whatever. Even though she had to pass away, hmm. I still believe God. Well, uh, on the phone with Pastor Kevlin Jones and his and his uh, wife. Um, I was just consoling her. I was telling her it's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thank you. Drew, I understand something about what you're saying there, what the question you're asking. It hasn't been, hey, hey, every day. Mm. But there has been no finger pointing. We may have had times of difficulty, but we never pointed it at this situation. There have been solemn times where we went through days of not talking, but there has never been finger pointing because of our faith. But our hurt has been visible. Sure. Our hurt has been visible even with our grandchildren. We know when it's time to leave mom alone. Yeah. We know when that door shuts uh, during the time that there is something going on. Right. And I know when it's time for me to leave her to herself and she kind of knows when it's time for me to be alone, but never finger pointing. Um, Pastor Jones, I think people would ha expect you to be um, all forgivey on on um, things in life, you know. Uh, well, he's a pastor; he should forgive this person. He's a pastor; he should forgive, you know, the person that cut him off in the street or the the person that uh, I don't know, whatever little small things. But my goodness, I don't think anybody would expect you, sir, to be in a state of forgiveness uh, for this man who raped and murdered your daughter. You remember when I said to you that there are dark, there's darkness inside yep. during a particular time. And during the trial, we, we watched the, the DNA from his fingernails. Everything was proven that this man done it. Even in the trial, it was his daughter proved to him that he killed his wife. And so they arrested him for that during our trial by her testifying on what happened to mom. But after that, and before sentencing, we stood before a man 
and everyone else and told that man we forgive him. No, I don't believe it. We forgave that man. Me and my wife forgave that man. And we asked him, I asked him one question. I said, sir, why would you know what you have done and send your whole family that's sitting behind me that are looking at us like we've done something wrong? You have created hate between that family and our family, and we're praying for your family and praying for you. And they have spent all of their money putting their homes up to pay for your attorney. Hmm. And you yet, you yet stand there and tell us that you didn't do it. I says, we're yet praying for you and we yet forgive you. Now, because the darkness is still there, doesn't mean the hurt is not there. But the practice of spending time with God makes you go through that. Wow, wow. And if you practice it, if you practice it, if you have that undeniable experience with God through the Holy Spirit, pretty soon it comes to light. And I tell you, that movie brought it to light. I'm going to go see that movie again in a, in a couple of weeks uh, for another private screening. Again, we're talking about The Shack, the movie The Shack. It's going to be released uh, March 3rd, so go go see it March 3rd, 4th. It's a, kind of a big weekend to go to go see this movie because uh, the opening weekend determines how long of a run the movie will have. And if you have any affection towards the book, let me tell you, it's scary. When you dig a book and then they make a movie out of it, you kind of go, mm, you're ready for to be disappointed. Um, it still had a profound impact on me. Um, are, are there some scenes I kind of thought were a little hokey? Sure, because how the heck do you portray heaven or God in non-hokey ways? It's really, really hard. Um, yes, very but, much. But they they did a good job. So again, we are talking about this this movie, The Shack. Um, Pastor Jones, I I need to share with you that some good friends of mine, and the wife in the relationship, she was closing a store. The guy came in, we've had him here on the show, guy came in and attacked her, beat her, strangled her, and stabbed her 31 times. And she survived with a unit of blood left in her body. And I went to the trial, or impact statements, and sentencing day, and another time. And I, I remember talking to the husband about the fact that, you know, as men, this might be a macho, stupid thing, but as men we were kind of actually praying that he might turn around and try to jump into the crowd and get at Lenore because you know, that would give us a little bit of an excuse to mess this guy up. Um, how how childish are we for feeling that way? Is that just pathetic or or do you get that? Because if I was uh, no, if I was in, if I was in the courtroom with your family and this guy, oh, you know what I'm saying? I don't need to finish that, man. Here 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 is the scenario to that. We're all human. I wanted that opportunity to put my hands around that man's throat. But that was the human side of me. And the human side of Christ was father, father. Why have thou forsaken me? That was his human side. But here, here is the, and he also said, can I let this cup pass? That was the human side. But the deity in him, that's that Holy Spirit, that's that undeniable experience. Hmm. It overrides it. It overrides it, and it tells that mind and, and, that, and that self-will and that flesh in you, 
that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that's what we must live on. Okay. Just to uh, throw a curveball in this conversation, just before we say goodbye to you, Pastor Jones, you have not only lost one child, you have lost two, correct? Yes, sir. Tell us about your other your other daughter. My other daughter had uh, moved into my home uh, with her four children, and uh, her child came into my bedroom and said she was getting, my daughter was getting up, getting her kids ready for school, and all of a sudden she hit the floor. And my daughter, my granddaughter came in and said, something's wrong with mama. And so I ran out to see what was wrong with her. And her head, eyes were going back in her head. And she had been going back and forth to the hospital in the clinic about a, a cold. And she was stopped up. And so I grabbed her and I was trying to get her to breathe. And I was hitting on her and hitting on her, trying to get her to breathe. And at the same time, she looked like she was going out. So we called 911. By the time I got closed on 911, I had her in the driveway, and before they could take off, she arrested. And as she arrested, they, they got her back, but she never came out of a coma. And I went around with that guilt, like, did I move her the wrong way? Did I touch her, or did I jerk her, or what did I do to cause maybe the blood clots to go you know, to move into our heart or whatever. I don't know. But I tell you, I walk free of that guilt today. I walk free of that guilt today. I, I, I walked around with that guilt for the last two years. It happened in the 15th, uh, January 2015. And I, I let that go as well. My trust is in God now in every aspect of my life. And it's not a testimony, it's a actimony, if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> that's the quote of the day right there. Well, you you two are really messing with my head. There is an understanding that you have that I don't get. And I know that you are quick to point up to the sky and, and give credit where credit is due, but I still... I all I guess what I'm trying to say is that when I grow up, I hope I'm a little more like you two. Thank you. Can, can I say one thing? Yes, sir. And I don't want to press the issue because we all try to throw our denominations on each other, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't want to. I don't want to throw that. But I really believe in seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive that undeniable experience with God, then you know God is dwelling on the inside of you. And then that's what leads and guides you. And with that strength is how we live. And I just said, if you ask God to feel you, I believe he'll feel you. If you ask God to just stay with me, that's, that's, that's what happened to this young man here. He kept his experiences over and over and over again from God to Jesus to the Holy Spirit conditioned his his uh, spirit and conditioned his mind to where he was able to get free. But I think sometimes we don't spend enough time doing that. We need to spend a lot of time with the Lord and it becomes 
uh, habitual. Yeah. What what young man were you talking about there? I was talking about uh, McKenzie. All oh, right, in the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's what changed it. Right. It was it was a consistent barrage of love. Hmm. Everything everything that was coming at him was love. Why are we eating? We're eating because we want you to eat. We're not hungry. Yep. Just love every every actionable thing that came out. It was love, and it just turns you away from everything that's going on around you. Is when love comes out and trust in God. Love and trust in God does it. Thank you. That was a good final word. You are you are such a preacher. <laughs> Good final word. You got to if you, one thing you got to know as a preacher, you got to close strong. <laughs> well, I, I hope my members feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, both of you, I wish you the best. I wish you restoration. Uh, I wish you, uh, you and your family, your, especially your children, your grandchildren. I know one other of your one other of your kids is struggling with some health issues. And if, if, if God is real and interacts the way we hope he does, then I hope that somehow your family is protected from any more nastiness because you don't need it. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we got direction from God, and, and that's most important. I would like to say one last thing, though. <laughs> that Paul, 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 Paul Young. Yep. That man is 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 another disciple on earth i believe it yep i believe he's a disciple of god on earth that's all i gotta say and that's all i've got to say about that (laughs) oh good stuff pastor kevlin jones mrs jones thank you very much thank you bye-bye yeah bye-bye oh boy well that's something that is something Yeah, you need a little Aretha, don't you? (laughs) She just said she'd retired now. All right, we're running behind. I could sit here and dwell on these conversations for a long time, but that's for you all to do. You can go to our website at the end of the week and re-listen, or if you missed any of today's show, uh, listen for the first time. We'll have it all posted up there on iTunes and SoundCloud for your listening pleasure at the end of the week. DrewMarshall.ca. Short break, we'll be right back.